Welcome to Cinema 7. My name is uh, John Kenoki. I'm uh, hosting this episode today. Today we've got a, uh, a grab bag, if you will, of movies. And we have the uh, the usual crew up and about. Uh, we have uh, Mari Bacard. What is up? And we have Chris Hawk. Present. <laughs> Present. How you guys been? What you been up to? I feel like it's been a, been a little bit since I talked to you on the podcast. I mean, maybe not in real life, but they don't need to know that. Um, things related to the podcast, I've been playing, I finally got Overwatch, played that last night, uh, I think I did okay. Hey, you suck, right? Yep. (laughs) Uh, we've been playing a lot of PUBG, so far, we have two, uh, finishes with the full squad, so I, I don't know how rare that is, but that's pretty, uh, you know, cool, I think, and then... The only thing I've been watching, really, besides these movies we're going to talk about, is the uh, Godzilla anime that's on Netflix. I uh, watched it a few times, and somehow I always miss the end of it, so I, I, I keep going back to rewatch it. Is it not good? No, it's pretty good. The music is very so cinematic. Why don't you finish it? I I don't know. I just get distracted while, while the ending's on, so I, I'm doing other things, like editing a podcast or... Uh, Talking to my girlfriend or other things like that. So, 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 so you're not, you're not committed. You're not committed to the Godzilla anime, Mario. <laughs> I am committed. Sounds okay, sounds like not a true fan. It's a, it's an <laughs> hour and thirty minutes. Okay, it's tough. It's long. Oh, is it a movie? It's apparently it. it well, yeah, it is a movie, but it it's says like a it's season part one. one, like part one. Yeah, it's part one. I thought part it was gonna be like out, episode like, formats. That's what I thought, unless they're doing... It's weird, because it seems like they're going to do it in parts or something. Yeah, it's weird. Chris Hawk, what have you been up to? Uh, Planning my daughter's first year birthday. It's exhausting. Yeah? It, it, she's well, not going to remember it. Any of it. I, I just I think that's the funniest part. When oh, It's for you, really. That's what it's about. Yeah, it's it's for us. It's, it's for the parents. It's the I memories. Mean, all, Technically, all birthdays should be for the parents. You know what I'm saying? You should be thanking your parents, keeping you alive. Yeah, but you're gonna show her. You're gonna show her and be like, "Look, this is for your first birthday." <laughs> <laughs> Embarrass Thanks, her, Dad. Embarrass her boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been oh watching God. a lot of movies. Uh, recently, uh, AMC and Movie Pass haven't been getting along, so like ten AMC theaters are not using Movie Pass anymore. Apparently. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, let's be honest. AMC is dumb for rejecting it. They'll lose. Oh, yeah. Does Regal accept MoviePass? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they embrace it. Oh, wow. I didn't know they, that. They embrace the dock. Literally, AMC is like the only theater to have a problem with MoviePass, and that's because they think it hinders their own subscription sales. So I, it doesn't surprise me that they're going to try to do that, but I think they'll they'll notice a decline in revenue. The only places I think that could work are in places where you literally only have an AMC theater, but even like small towns usually have a local theater, so Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll win. But I mean, anyway, well, we got some news. Uh, Mario, you're the news guy today. Let's, Let's hit it. Let's hear some news. 
Uh, news, 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 news. Classic Chris Hawk news intro. Um, well, we all saw the uh, Captain Marvel leaked photo of the costume because I sent it to the group chat, which I originally didn't want to do because it's kind of a leaked photo and I didn't want to spoil anything, but I feel like I saw it online anyway. Uh, I'll be honest, I never would have. <laughs> I know Chris Hawk would have seen it. I mean, I feel yeah. like Chris Hawk is calling this this Marvel stuff right down the middle. Okay, like uh, everything. What else? I, there was something else I was watching today, and I was like, Chris Hawk's called it. Chris Hawk called it. He's calling it. <laughs> uh, what What do you guys think of the uh, of the costume? We've already kind of a little bit discussed our not discussed, but we've mentioned our opinions. Uh, Chris Hawk, what do you think about the uh, Captain Marvel costume? Is she is she part of the CW verse now? Is she uh is she the female arrow? Is uh is that what she's doing now? Is is she part of the Legends of Tomorrow? Cuz that's what kind of the suit looks like. It is a and, little baggy. Uh, it's a little baggy, but I'm pretty sure they're all fixed that. But I I like it's weird how that's the photo they leaked. I mean, I bet at the end of the movie she's going to get her real suit. It's going to be pretty weird seeing her in that suit for most of the movie, I bet. I don't. I don't see I how it makes it. any sense. I saw a. I saw a thing today where someone who designs costume was like, "If you look at it, it looks like a motorcycle uh, gear because motorcycle gear is, is made to have armor on it to prevent you from getting, you know, road rash when you crash and stuff like that. So maybe it's about her uh, hitting the ground and impact from entering orbit or or something like that. That's what I saw, but." I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about like just colors in general. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I understand like the uh, somebody posted what the ultimate picture or whatever the Cree, but it's just I don't know. I I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. And if she's gonna be in the outfit like half the movie and then get like a new outfit at the end, I don't see the point in that because it's not like her outfit's like part of the character. You know, it's not like a power or something that gives her abilities. So why why delay it? That's just like having a hero like not have a costume and then like unveiling it at the end like they come into their own. She's clearly going to have powers through the whole movie. It's not like she's gaining them. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not impressed, but I mean, I'm not I don't I don't know that it does anything for me, to be honest. I think we should just be glad that we're getting Captain Marvel movie eight years ago. This was an impossibility. Do you think they'll touch it up with CGI? course they will they do it to everything yeah i mean it's inevitable now i know black panther running in cgi just couldn't put a guy in a suit no he can't <laughs> run fast enough <laughs> uh speaking of cw though chris hawk i watched the uh, first episode of black lightning today is it good i liked it i i dug the first episode is it true black lightning is static shock are they the same character uh i don't think so John, do you know? I, I didn't think so. Somebody was like, yeah, man, you know Static Shock? I was like, yeah, man, I love Static Shock. Like, Black Lightning's him, but grown up. I was like, there's no freaking I, way. That's amazing. I don't think so. I think they're two different, I think they're two different heroes, honestly. Just uh, the, the thought of that being possible, though, was pretty cool to me. At the, at the moment, I was hyped. Yeah. But the first episode, Black, Black Lightning, good. In my opinion, I, I liked it. Chris Hawk brought this up, but Steven Spielberg's going to do Indiana Jones 5 next, and then he 
is going to make a remake of West Side Story. Uh, I don't know if he's like directing it or what he's the news is it. there. He's directing, he's directing it. it. Yeah, he's directing both. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you, are you guys do you guys want a Indiana Jones five? Uh, Chris Hawk, you're more of the Indiana Jones fan. Uh, do you want another Indiana Jones? Uh, no. Uh, I don't want to see Harrison Ford stumble through everything. Uh, he's in his late seventies now. Um, what if he passes the torch? I hope a lot of people are saying he should go find the uh, Fountain of Youth and then out pops Tom Hardy as the new Indiana Jones, which I would I would be fine with. That would be that would be legit. Tom, uh, not Tom Cruise. Uh, it, Harrison Ford's getting old, man. Can't do all the same stunts that he used to. I'm going to be honest. I uh, I don't really like the old ones, so I'm not really excited for this one. I just never I, nothing happens in them. It's just like a series of uh, stunts and like impressive traps that I'm supposed to be on board with. First Indiana Jones, man. <laughs> nothing. Nothing happens. Impressive traps. Should be That's like, what it is. It's just should... like complex temples and like <laughs> settings. That's what it is to me. We should we should have uh, John like have us have like a thing on the show where he it's like unpopular opinion of John Kenoki. <laughs> <laughs> where he just dogs on Indiana Jones every week. I mean, I've never seen Crystal Skull, but if it has a plot, I might like it. And then that's even worse for all those people that hate that movie. Because uh, I don't like the originals. John, if you don't like the originals, I don't think you're going to like uh, no, Crystal Skull. No, <laughs> no, no. I, you know what? I think Kate Blanchett's in it. I think John likes Kate Blanchett. That's uh, true. I do. She is a pretty good villain in that movie. And uh, Doctor Who fame, John Hurt. John Hurt and John's favorite, Shia LaBeouf. I can't get enough. <laughs> you never know. You I might know. like it, though, I guess. But I, I have a do feeling. You wanna see, do you want to see Harrison Ford stumbling around? See, I thought Crystal Skull was the passing of the torch. That's what it made it seem like, in a way. Like, it, I said like Mutt, so many times. Mutt but Williams. Mutt Williams, Mutt Williams. Does that really sound like someone you want to pass the torch to? That's not his real name, though, isn't it? Isn't yeah? Didn't they Shia mention LaBeouf's... his real name in the movie? <sighs> Montana. I, he can. He's easily a Jones, right? He could just be like, "I'm, a, I'm a Jones." My dad. That's his dad. <laughs> Jones is his dad. He just take the name. It's, it's got to be something of passing the torch. It's, it's got to be. I hope it's not. <laughs> maybe he took home he... a monkey from the jungle when he was swinging and it ripped his face off and he died so oh, whoa. Shia LaBeouf what, is no longer in he... the franchise you know what you know what he gets that exoskeleton suit from uh, Batman Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Returns right Dark Knight Rises it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. exosuit fixes his knees Super Indiana Jones <laughs> that's what you're gonna call it Super Marvel Indiana Universe. Jones <laughs> yeah boom instantly healed no bad knee problems do you like uh, Indian? Do you like Crystal School? I like them all. They're all fun. I mean, it, it's Temple of Doom and Chris and uh, Crystal Skull are about the same. Uh, Raiders is my favorite, and then I forget the last one. But Sean Connery is all, is easily isn't that like, like the curse? No, it's curse. Some like the Holy Grail. Last or, Crusade. Last Crusade. Yeah, 
uh, Sean Connery is pretty perfect in that. I mean, I, I prefer Sean Connery in that than to his, to his James Bond, but that's just that's just me. I'm just I'm not excited for remakes of musicals that are beloved. Uh, West Side Story is a classic. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange for Steven Spielberg to do something like that when he has so many better creative sci-fi original ideas like AI, Minority Report. I mean, Minority Report's based off of a book. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe he loves West Side Story. I don't know. He went through a whole thing where he was doing political movies. I mean, he still is. And now he's going back to doing... I, I don't think he's ever done a musical. Maybe he's doing it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Harrison Ford. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. He would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? John, uh, what, what's your... I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> That's all right. Move, move on. What's the next? Move Let's on. move on. But, but uh, look, Dragon Age Four for, is what, apparently hold on, happening. Hold on. What the the trifecta of Harrison Ford just plugging it in and only doing it for the money? Force Awakens, Blade Runner, Indiana Jones Five, the Holy Trinity of old <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> Holy Trinity of old Harrison Ford. I don't it's, know. He gave an Oscar-winning performance in Mortal Awakens. I'm not sure you're talking about. <laughs> Take off that mask. <laughs> Let me see my son. Ben! What? I pre- I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say. Anyway, let's move on to the next uh, thing, which is gaming-related. Dragon Age 4 is apparently happening. Uh, Chris Hawk, you've played the Dragon Ages, I believe. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. This has got to go to John Kenoki because John Kenoki is yeah, yes. the bigger Dragon Age fan. Yes, uh, John Kenoki has played all the Dragon Ages, so I've played all the DLC too. Mm-hmm. John, what, what's your? Do you want a Dragon Age four? Do you think it's there cool? has to be one? It makes sense. the The plot is uh, rather open ended in uh, Inquisition. They leave uh, a lot to be wanted. I think uh, the fourth one will probably be the last installment of the current story they're trying to tell. Um, I mean, obviously that could change, but I don't know. The Dragon Age Inquisition is such a good game, and like, there's so much to do. I don't know how they're going to top it. They probably will with that franchise because they haven't given up and fired half the staff. So, oh, is Dragon it's... Age in, could is that the third one? Yeah, that was the recent one. Yep, that's the third one. It's still about the Darkspawn, right? That was the whole point of Inquisition. It's still there. Well, it, it's it's on a deeper level now. Yeah, it's with, on a deeper uh, level. The, the, the elven gods and uh, Morrigan and everything with that. So it's uh, there's there's a lot left to be told, but for like specific stories, I don't know. I've always liked how Dragon Age always has you play a different character. So... I mean, you could do a lot with that, but there is still a lot of open ends from the previous three games that they could uh, easily tie in and people would be like having their minds blown. I think one of the coolest parts for me from the last Dragon Age Planet, because it uh, it's free on the EA Access, is uh, you can zoom out and you can kind of place them somewhere. Oh, yeah. Your teammates. So... I think that's uh, pretty yeah, that's, that's an original game. The first Dragon Age, that's how it was. You could... On PC, you had to do that if you were on the hard difficulty, or you would lose. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that they uh, gave you an option <laughs> in that one. 
Yeah, they combine the best of both, which is really cool. Let's just hope it doesn't go the way of um, what happened with Ma- uh, Andromeda, where I mean, Andromeda is not a bad game. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's really not up to snuff with the uh, other original trilogy. This new Dragon Age is just like the. Let's just hope it's up to par because Inquisition, I sunk a good over 50 to 60 hours in that game and there's still so much I didn't do in that game and it was I've, so enjoyable. I've done everything in that game twice. <laughs> I've, I've played through it twice entirely. John, you, I, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think it's an entirely different scenario just with Mass Effect losing all its people Yeah, and people waiting so long for a sequel. I mean, Inquisition is still new enough to where people have an idea of what to expect, and they're not expecting something entirely new that's supposed to blow them away, True. which expectations, I think, played a lot of problem with uh, Andromeda. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, um, John, remember when it was Hawk, uh, Haw- Hawk, Joey, and maybe George, they were in like that Dragon Age 2 phase, and you're like, they didn't even play the first one. They didn't even beat it. And yes, remember, you remember that? <laughs> it makes me mad. All right, look, if you're going to come out of nowhere and get into a franchise with the second or third game in a, in a series that matters, like Mass Effect, go back and play the first one, especially when it's $10. Just go buy it and play it. Don't just jump into it and act like you've been this, this giant <laughs> fan the whole time. Like, oh my God, I love the franchise. I'm a hardcore fan. No, you didn't even play the damn games. Oh, those! I I remember those days. That was so hilarious. It still I've, makes me mad. I've only I've actually I think it was just Joey and George because I've never played the second Dragon Age. Yeah, a lot of people haven't, and they're like, "I'm such a Dragon Age fan." You didn't play the second one, even if it's the worst of the three. It's still a good game, and you should still play it. All right, that's, is, is that what it was? They didn't play the second one. It's as most people had never beat the first one and skipped the second one because. The internet says it sucks. It's not that bad. I was a dwarf. I was a dwarf king, okay, in Dragon Age. I was a dwarf king. King! My title was stripped from me. <laughs> I, I remember that. So it was so funny because they were talking about it and they were like, oh, John was like, did you play a second one? And Joey was like, <laughs> ah, I heard it sucked. Jo- I think Joey's played it recently. Uh, or something then, like that. It was like something like that. And, John, and I remember John was like, he didn't play it. Like, just what like the I? beginning of this uh, episode, not a real fan, not a real fan, not a real fan. Speaking of Bioware, uh, Anthem has been delayed. It's Anthem, right? Is yeah. the game Anthem's yeah. been delayed till next year? Any uh, thoughts on that, guys? I think a game's going to let people down. <laughs> I think it was expected. Did you see the footage it showed at uh, was it E three last year uh, when we did our episode? Uh, it yeah. didn't. They didn't show any gameplay. I'm. It was um, little gameplay, and I just it just looked too unpolished or too perfect to be an actual game. It just I want this game to be good, and maybe that's them, the problem. Yeah, too high expectations. Too high expectations it's gonna let, it's already. Gonna let people down. Iron Man RPG man. <laughs> I don't even know if there's any really. Uh, I don't think there's. Any video games? I have to look them up again, but I don't know if there's a video game that I'm really excited for. I mean, the Spider-Man. only one, the only Spider-Man. one I'm probably gonna buy is the Spider-Man one for PS4. Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know what I have to look up. What else is coming out that 
looks like it piques my interest or, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, Xbox Game Pass is supposed to uh, acquire, well, not acquire, but give you access to uh, Microsoft titles on their launch day. So at $10 a month for, uh, you know, a $60 game day one, that's pretty good. I mean, oh, that wow. only includes like Gears 4, Forza, certain things right now. I think Sea of Thieves may be part of it, which if it is, I'll give it a try for $10. But that's uh, that's substantial if Microsoft starts adding more titles to that. Have you been using the Game Pass a lot, John? No, I've, I've never tried it because it's all backwards stuff and I'm not really interested in yeah. some of those games right now. But kill, like kill the day past. one titles will be great. Yeah, like the only games I've seen on there are like uh, Gears of War 4, Halo 5, and, you know, random random uh, games, you know, like... Uh, There's a lot there. It's just stuff that has been out a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to start a subscription service for games now and capitalize on that, but they need a lot more to be able to make that a thing. The last piece of news I wanted to mention before we get into the movies is uh, Liam Neeson has mentioned uh, he's open to be Qui-Gon again. I'm pretty excited. And this has created some weight. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in the commute, did he have did he put on weight? It looked like he kind of lost weight in the commuter. That's what I'm saying. He needs to put on weight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Qui-Gon was built, man. Qui-Gon was built. But uh, I'm I'm excited. Big Qui-Gon fan. Big episode one fan. Uh, that's cool to hear him say that. I I don't know what they're gonna do. I know the internet, uh, Star Wars internet fans have uh, went into a frenzy. They were like, "Oh, he's gonna be Qui Gon in the Obi Wan movie." He's gotta be. That's oh, he's gonna make sense. They're gonna make a prequel of the prequels. Count Dooku. Which I mean, uh, we could Chris, we could pitch Qui Gon movies, but <laughs> I don't know. Lee, Christopher Lee is dead, right? Yeah. Okay. No, no Count Dooku, Qui-Gon, Master Apprentice movie. I mean, you could easily cast other people to be a younger Dooku and a younger... No, no the, one can uh, be Count Qui-Gon. No one can be him. Well, we'll see when we pitch that movie. Oh. <laughs> hey, Cinema 7 listeners, this is Mario B. We'll get right back to the movies in just a second. First, I'm going to pass it over to my main man, John Kenoki, to tell you about our partnership with Audible. Hey out there, it's John Kenoki. Just wanted to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Uh, some recommendations I would just throw out there is uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, uh, The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, or the... Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Uh, you can go ahead and download it to your iPhone, Android, anything mobile. Uh, again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Uh, get your free trial and free audiobook today. Thank you. Let's get back into uh, what we're really here about. Let's talk about these movies we saw. We saw three movies, and uh, we're just throwing them all together because yep. 
I think we can easily talk about two of them in a, just a couple sentences, but we'll, we'll go into it a little bit. Uh, our first movie, you know, speaking of Liam Neeson, is his latest uh, epic, uh, The Commuter. Now, I know Chris Hawk was a huge fan of this, but uh, I, th- I say we just go into general thoughts right now and uh, yeah. just your overall opinion. Spoilers abound. Mario, what did you think? Because Chris Hawk's a super fan. We don't even need to talk to him. Well, it's funny that uh, you mentioned Chris Hawk being a super fan because for a couple nights in a row, I think Chris Hawk was trying to get us to go see the commuter or it was a couple days here and there. He's like, commuter, guys? Commuter, 945? And we were like, ah, we're going to see Den of Thieves tonight. And he was like, oh, I'll see that. And then, you know, like out of nowhere, he was like, commuter, guys? Commuter, 945? Because it was the same time. Uh, you know, this movie, it was all right. It, I think the theater experience being in there and laughing at it with you guys made it a lot more, a lot more entertaining than it actually was because it was really, uh, dumb. It was, uh, like w- the, one of the things I remember the most about this movie is the end when he's sitting there after the whole thing went down <laughs> and his wife <laughs> and his child come up, his, his teen son, sorry. Uh, they come up to him and you know they're talking. Are you all right? All right. Are you are you ready to go home? And so Chris, this is what you do all day, Dad. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Hawk's like, "What is going on? What is going on right now?" And uh, that that was pretty cool. That was that that was pretty. Uh, you know, Chris Hawk being really confused right there, and I think he was confused because he really didn't understand why this was a thing. You know, why why are the police letting him go home? Uh, why? Why was the movie still happening? Why was the honestly. Movie still <laughs> so I gave you guys, I gave you guys one demand during the movie, and if Liam Neeson died in the movie, it's ten out of ten. Spoilers, <laughs> sorry, uh, but he did not die. So the commuter for me. Do I want to give my grade right now, or should I wait? Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll go in order. Go uh, ahead. Seven point five out of ten because of the theater experience bumps it up. We're going to move on to bigger and better things. So grades, grades, full <laughs> throttle. If Chris Hawk has a Rubicon, he can throw it in there. I, I, I don't know. When for, he goes, I'm computer, going first because Chris Hawk's such a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I wanted a nonstop. I think nonstop is a, is a good movie and it's not too ridiculous. Same director. This movie is, this movie is just way over the top. And, and kind of ridiculous that that train flipping and like blowing up and nobody getting hurt from that it's just it's insane the the whole movie is just like one step after another and honestly i figured out the plot like 10 seconds into the movie when he gets on the train i was like oh it's uh it's that girl right there he's switching seats and he's gonna think it's that guy the whole time and, and it, it, there it was it's too predictable but uh Anything with Liam Neeson can't be that bad. So I'm just going to go ahead and give it a, a six and a half out of ten. <laughs> Chris Hawk, super fan. Super, I just got to say, I'm a big fan of hating on this movie. Um, no, come on, man. Come on, be honest, man. I love this movie. <laughs> this movie This movie was the best comedy of the year so far. I just, I, I couldn't handle myself. Liam Neeson, you know, this movie actually starts off pretty good. The beginning... <laughs> The beginning with the multi cuts of you know showing mundane life and how it all blends together. You know, that was really that was really cool. That was like a nice touch from the director. I was digging it. I was like, oh, it, this guy's a fa- Liam Neeson's a family man. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know the price of college tuition. 
you know, obviously super expensive. Obviously. Yeah. Well, when you go to Syracuse, yeah. Just go to a cheaper school. Come on. Why don't you start off with community college? You know, it's, it's just, it started off good. And then it gets to the part when we see Vera. And, you know, so there's some really good actors and actresses in this movie. You know, you have Patrick, Patrick Wilson. You have um, Sam Neill. You have uh, Vera. Uh, her last name. They're yeah. all really, they're all fantastic. And then you have Liam Neeson, of course. You know, the action superstar Liam Neeson. <laughs> and uh, just, you just can't, this movie, I, I, <laughs> it could have just, could have been so much better. Like, the best part, the best part is uh, he just goes. He just leaves. There's no questioning. There's no paperwork. He just leaves. He leaves the train. Uh, I what have no is Ruber. happening right now? <laughs> and then he gets a job. He gets a job from them. That's, that's uh, unbelievable. If I had to, 10 out of 10 for this movie. 10 out of 10. No Rubicon. 10, 10. <laughs> I, I have to mention real quick, all the twists and turns in this movie. You know, obviously, John figured it out real early. Uh, I was I was blown away by who Bryn was. <laughs> I was blown away. I was like, no way, the girl's Bryn. I thought it was the guy with the guitar. How about that that Goldsman sax joke? It was so weird in this. Chris, you love that joke, don't you? Don't you, you, you laughed for a good five minutes. It you was did. just so weird. It was it was so out of place. Just. <laughs> we Liam Neeson giving a guy a, the finger. It was also to the camera. Yeah, it was yeah. from the on behalf of the middle of the uh, middle class of the middle class citizen. Fuck Up you. yours! Oh my goodness! What says, does he um, say? I, I think he says the f. I think he says f you. Gives him the oh. f you. You know the attitude adjustment right there. Whoa! Yeah, but back to the twists and turns. Like honestly, it's it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a movie. It was. You know, thank goodness for Movie Pass. Um, this is a, it's like a, it's the Taken Three of nonstop, basically. That's what, that's the Rubicon. Taken Three of uh, nonstop. The same guy who directed this one, I think it was another Liam Neeson movie, direct, directed, this guy directed like three Liam Neeson movies. And it's like nonstop, The Commuter, and I forget what the other one was, but. You know, non. This is basically nonstop on a train. So I wonder what is next. What it is no, and and it's a cruise ship, obviously, but <laughs> it is not the same thing. It's totally the same thing, John. <laughs> it's the same premise, but it is more ridiculous and unnecessary. How did how, how did I just? <laughs> how could people just let him get away with stuff? The instant I see someone walking up and down a train more than five times, I'm calling everyone. There's no service, Chris. Who are you going to call? The train conductor. The train train conductors that know he's a regular and there's nothing wrong with him. Oh, my God. Sounds like a making of a serial killer movie. (laughs) What was the line the conductor gave? He was like, one day it's going to be this train or the people. No, it's I'm going out one way. He was like the train or old age or something like that. He said, if the train don't kill me, something will. Oh, and yeah. he was like, here it is, it's the train. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see his death on screen. Did it happen on screen or off screen? I, I He jumped over to the other train and blew up. So oh. <laughs> kind of both. The best was, I said, I leaned over to John and I was like, if this movie, this movie better have an explosion 
at the end and kind of like I feel like was thinking there's this movie's not gonna have explosions. Okay. Mario, this I movie's not gonna have explosions. To. I didn't want it to, but it it did. <laughs> and then I leaned over and I was like, There you go. You're you're I hope you're happy. I, love, I was I love pretty how, happy. Love how the sniper rifle had a friend or foe designations through a train car. There's how just, about the this switch? Te- this technology is so <sighs> so advanced. I think it I think we talked about and made fun of the commuter <laughs> enough. Honestly, out of all the Liam Neeson movies I've seen, I would I I probably would have to rank it at the bottom. I I do enjoy his action movies. I don't know. Um, I think this is better than uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good call. Yeah. All right, moving on. We saw Den of Thieves with uh, Ice Cube Jr. and uh, that other guy. What's his face? Gerald Butler. Yep, yep, him. And then uh, what was the what's the the thief's name? What's that guy's name? Starts with a P or something, right? He's in. It's the guy. He's a. He's uh. What do they call him? Isn't it Perryman? He's mustache. He's the mustache guy in Orange Is New Black, and he's the Irish God in American Gods. Yeah, what's the what's the actor's name? I don't know. He was at Comic Con. Remember, I thought I was thinking about getting Pablo a... Schreiber. Yeah, there we go. That's a great name. Yeah, it's well, I, I you know, the movie was okay. I'm gonna let Chris Hawk go first since uh, he was obviously less impressed than uh, the commuter when he saw that. So, uh, Den of Thieves, Chris Hawk, what's your thoughts? How'd you feel about it? Den of Thieves uh, opens like like many of the great heist movies do. They show you a heist, and you know I'm a big sucker for heists and any heist that involves shootouts or any heist that involved automatic weapons that sound loud because the weapons in this in this movie actually did sound loud which is it's pretty refreshing for a movie in a cinema because usually they're muffled they don't have the same impact but i tell you this movie i dug a lot it has gerald butler as like the the over the top grisly detective who you know instantly loses his his family which is fantastic it just adds more to how much is just shit upon him and you know how the criminals get ahead of him and how it's just just smooth. Yeah, but he kind of causes that himself. Like I nah, feel man. like it's his own fault. No, nah, nah, his <laughs> wife should have stood by him, okay? <laughs> he just made a mistake on his cell phone, okay? Yeah. 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 Totally. And... It's, it's definitely his fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh, I thought man. was that's why I, I wanted him I would get it to it in, in my end. I don't want to like ruin anything already in Chris Hawks um, thoughts. I would I would say um the strongest performance is from uh Ice Cube's son. Uh he plays a really good Patsy. Uh spoilers. Uh he's actually the mastermind and he, he I, I I really dug that a lot. You get a look at Logan Lucky vibe from this movie, kind of, with how they do the heist. Because they use um, spoilers, they use garbage trucks in the end, and they're a pretty important part of the heist. Um, Gerald Butler eating things is my new favorite thing. Him, him eating anything on screen is, is a joy, because he does it with such gusto. He is really enjoying eating and talking and acting and moving and mm-hmm. just, just at the same time. I, could, I love it. I could watch him eat for two hours, and it would be as entertaining like Netflix. as the commuter. Netflix, you know how you have the fireplace? Yeah. On uh yeah, just show me Gerald Butler eating for two hours. 
Maybe Gerard Brother should get a Twitch channel and just eat on it, and Chris Hawk can subscribe and give him money. <laughs> Did you see thanks, that Hulu? Thanks, Chris Hawk, for being my one subscriber. <laughs> Did you see that Hulu has like a, a? They had a dog Christmas one where it's just dogs playing. Yeah, that appeals wow. to a, a broader audience, I think. I think they had you a have cat a Rubicon one too. You have a Rubicon, Chris Hawk? Yeah, I do. Um, so my Rubicon is obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna it's similar to one of the my fa- favorite heist shootout cop and versus robbers movie and that's heat it's it's not as good as heat heat's my favorite heist movie of all time but it does have one of my favorite scenes in a movie in this movie den of thieves and mario probably or you will probably mention it um and then also logan lucky i mentioned because of the heist aspect and how they it's the patsy or the people that think is the is lower than them actually is the mastermind and i i really dug that i really dug that a lot from uh ice cube's son the heat and uh logan lucky all right mario uh i think chris hawk just called you out and uh he wants you to name that scene name that scene <laughs> are you calling me out chris hawk? what uh what you got mario i really like this movie i was kind of excited for it the trailer definitely intrigued me. I didn't think it was going to be a good movie. I didn't think I would like it as much. Like I, I figured, like once you see Jared Butler for the first time in this movie, I was like, God, this movie's going to be crap, <laughs> you know. But I really dug this movie. I mean, the first, the first little heist they do to steal the armored car is, is, is it's intense. It's an intense way to kick off the movie. But like I said, once you get Gerard Butler, you're just like, oh god, this is going to be corny. But it's actually pretty good because you can see you see how humanized the character is like he makes mistakes. He makes his own mistakes, but yet he he wants to redeem himself in a way by getting these criminals. Not only is it his job, but a I think he he does have that good in him where he wants to get the bad guys. But he's also making his own mistakes because of the job and being away from his and his family, and I, I, maybe that's why he's a horrible human being, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Other than other than that, I, I see redeeming qualities in him. But he does, like John said, everything he does is his fault. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. His, his humanizing or bubble or whatever. Uh, what's his name was really good. I thought uh, Pablo Escobar. What was his name? Pablo Schreiber. Yeah, Pablo Schreiber. That's what I said. He You're close. I liked his performance in this movie. I didn't think uh, O'Shea J- Jackson Jr. What's his name? Ice Cube Jr. I thought yeah, I, Ice, Cube I, Jr. I, Ice Cube Jr. His performance was okay. I, I thought it was kind of cool, like Chris Hawk, though, that he was the mastermind. It just it wasn't as bold, in my opinion. I wish that, I I felt like they could have went uh, even bolder with the twist. But it was it was it was a nice little twist. It, it was a safe twist, though. He like him being the mastermind, of the whole thing starting it off and having those really good drawings on the napkins and stuff. Uh, his British accent was phenomenal at the end. Going to the scene that I think Chris Hawk is talking about. <laughs> and it's because uh, I think it's because of the theater also adding to this scene. Uh, Pablo Schreider, whatever his character, Merriman. He they get stuck in this traffic jam and uh, the Jar Butler and his deputies or whatever it is are rose back his boys. Yeah. And they noticed his tattoo. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see this tattoo? I'm in a clique. It's like a gang. <laughs> We're the bad guys. Or whatever he says. Anyway, they, you know, uh, they're in a scene, couple cars back, right? And yeah, they see him get out. They notice they're being tailed. And he goes to the, his dude in the... What was that dude's name, John? You, you hated that guy. <laughs> Ruckus? What was oh his name? Oh, my God. I don't remember, but I, I could not stand it every time he did anything. His, his mutton chops. I think that's <laughs> the reason why John didn't like him. It was that in the combination of, like, the MMA hat. And the thrasher wear? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same as the de- one sheriff deputy wore a thrasher all the time. I thought yeah, they were going to... Gonna... though. Okay. Was cool. The guy's name is Bosco. That's what it was, Bosco. He goes, "Give me the saw," and everyone in the theater just was like, "Oh snap! Oh my god!" And uh, <laughs> it wasn't just it wasn't just "Oh snap! Oh my god!" There was murmuring for a good thirty seconds before he got it on the screen. Like everyone's yeah. like, "Did you just say? Did he just say the saw?" And then <laughs> he started shooting through that window, and he had to shoot a real gun during that scene. Because that seemed super realistic. You know what else it was? It was a combination of the people getting out of the cars, too. Like, oh, we need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that scene, like like Hawk was saying with the 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 noise and how loud the gunshots were, it that's like a that's a part of the theater experience. Is it wasn't even IMAX, but it was loud and it it was a it was a good loud because it made it more intense for me. Anyway, I'm going on and on about this movie. I I really dug it. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight point seven out of ten. It was that's, just that's high praise. It was just a good theater experience, and uh, definitely the audience made it better. And Gerard Butler eating. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not that high on it. I really do like uh, Merriman's character. I think I think the movie just played it too safe. Uh, I know you touched on that, Mario, and. It's just everything about the plot to me was safe. Every time you thought they could, you know, take it in a way that would make it stand out from just another heist movie, they didn't. They just made it play safe. And the the whole twist with uh, Ice Cube Jr., I mean, that's cool and all, but it's been done before, and I don't know that you, you give the audience enough for them to see it or figure it out. And if you had, it would have been too obvious. Like the the subtle hints they do throw in there. Like if you go back through it, you do see the employees in the bar. Uh, you do, you know, I mean, he takes the ID, obviously. And you're like, why'd you do that? Which is like a huge, huge obvious thing. You're <laughs> like, well, that's going to come into play sometime. It's just, it's too dumbed down for me. Like if we're talking a twist of somebody being behind something that you never inspect, would have expected, like the usual suspects when that came out, it's like you don't really get that, even though if you watched it way later, you you knew that uh, what Kevin Spacey was the, the one behind it. Yeah. But it's just like if you had seen that when it came out, like a lot of people never figured it out until the end of the movie and they were blown away. Like, I don't I don't feel like you get any of that with this twist. Like, you don't even get a chance. But it's just it was too safe for me. I mean, overall, I'd say I'd give it a seven. Uh, you guys kind of touched on the the good parts of the movie, and I, I really did like uh, Gerard Butler eating. I, I think I, it can't be said enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight in the movie, and I would like to do the calorie count where we add up his caloric intake, eating donuts from the crime scene and whatnot. 
John Wood. But uh, overall, he is he is the individual I strive to be in my everyday life. <laughs> oh, this is good wine. Just be careful who you text, John. What was the um John, what were we saying that we thought the twist was gonna be? Like first we wanted Jared Butler to die. That didn't happen. Yeah, he should have died. We, we wanted basically, I think it would have been a better movie had he gotten away with the money. But like it not been his plan, but also if Gerard Butler and uh, Merriman basically killed each other, like they they went out on it or, you know, uh, Merriman won, killed Gerard Butler or got away and goes back to get the money and then it's gone. Like he he never lives to experience the betrayal. So it's kind of short lived. It's like the audience can appreciate it, but it never affects any of the characters except Gerard Butler, who you don't even care about. (laughs) Yeah, because he was he was a douche. Uh, yeah, like yeah. The, the guy who thought he was masterminding the entire thing, like in and carrying it out, was never blindsided by it because he doesn't get the chance. And I, I think that's a wasted opportunity. When Brutus, MMA little boy, I, what was his name? Bosco. Bosco. When he <laughs> when he says, "How do you know all this?" Me, I, me and John were thinking, "What if it it would have been cool if Jared Butler was in on it?" Because that's how he got was getting all this information from a cop. Yeah, like something on the inside that would have been cool too. Yeah. But no, no, it's it's Donnie, you know, getting getting his ass kicked the whole movie. I agree. I agree. I though it it was like I like I said and John said I thought it was too safe for like a, a twist in certain aspects uh, elements in the movie, but it, just the theater experience and the the action. Like I don't even know if it's action. It's just the shootouts. I guess we're pretty intense to me how about that 50 cent dad scene though that that was good that was pretty has, good it has nothing to do with the movie <laughs> but it's good it's a great plot it, it, it has you it gives you the characters more it kind of makes you fall in love with the characters i guess it makes me appreciate the fellowship the brotherhood yeah <laughs> all the samoans and merriman and 50 cents brotherhood but let, let's let's move on to the real masterpiece of the three movies we saw. Oh man! And I'm I'm not even joking when I say that. And that's uh, Addington too. Welcome to the main event. Now Mario was a, uh, a, a an early goer, early adapter here, first mover advantage of uh, the original Paddington. He saw it when it came out. Uh, Chris Hawk, did you you saw it recently, right? Yep. Yeah. So did I when it was. On Netflix and stuff, so I never got a chance to watch it in theaters. Though I wanted to, and I've actually been to that station uh, in London, uh, in England. But really, I uh, I never saw the I never saw the statue. I didn't know there was a statue there, but there's like tons of shops and stuff. I didn't even think about it. That's amazing. But yeah, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, this movie was fantastic. So Mario, I'm gonna let you go first since you uh, you know, you always said the first one was great. But uh, what you think of this one? I thought this one was uh, pretty good, if not better than the first one. I thought the the plot is more fun. Just the way the movie plays out is more fun to me, and the ending is a little more satisfying in a way. The first one's pretty good, but it, Nicole Kidman is a weird villain to me. Yeah, I think that's what stands out, really, is a lot of it is, is uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah. He, he kills it where Nicole Kidman is, is really weird. I agree. And like, it's just, Nicole it, Kidman's not a likable character either. 
yeah, character has it's not it's not that she's bad in the movie. Her performance, I think, was good. It's just yeah, absolutely seeing her as a villain and the way her occupation was, I think, was really different. But it's a good movie. Paddington one's pretty good. This one, yeah, this one is like a perfect follow up. It's like I just said, it's better. I think, in my opinion, I really couldn't find anything wrong with this movie. I mean, it's a kids movie. You can't really say anything about it. But it's it also has elements for adults. You know, it also has. Uh, things that it's for all ages for everybody uh, i thought i thought it was very charming i thought i loved the good spirited aspect of paddington and how he teaches people uh how he sees the good in everybody and basically teaches everyone to be nice to each other i love all of that the prison stuff was awesome um knuckles was pretty cool uh, that's uh general hux's dad yeah Brandon <laughs> gleason is, is it really Brandon Gleason, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, in real life? Yeah, real life. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. I think it's a better sequel than Godfather 2, and me and Chris Hawk will get into that. What? <laughs> it's a better commuter, if you think about it, because uh, of the train, train don't scenes. Dare rep- don't you dare repeat them in the same sentence. I don't know. I, there was it, There's an aspect of it that feels a little weird to me towards the end when they come back to save him. But like I said, I don't think there's, I can really find anything like that. I disliked. So I'm going to give Paddington two a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'll go next. Cause I don't want Chris Hawk and Mario to start arguing about something that doesn't matter <laughs> and me not get to talk. But <laughs> I, uh, I agree. I, I, I can hands down say it's better than the first one. The first one gives you a nice introduction it is. It's a good movie by all accounts. Uh, Nicole Kidman is a really weird villain, and I mean, I didn't really care for her. That's my problem with the first movie. But again, it's a good movie. That's not like a knock to the movie or anything. But this movie just fires on all cylinders when you're talking about Paddington. You know, he goes to prison. He gets jobs. He do, he does a ton of stuff, and it really takes advantage of that. And Hugh Grant is like a good villain. He just, even though he's. I mean, he doesn't really do anything super evil. Like, he's not trying to kill him. He's just trying to get a bunch of money, which I think adds to it. It's not, like, super dangerous. But, I mean, overall, the movie's great. I'd have to say my uh, my two most favorite parts, that just the, like, that I recall the most, is uh, Peter Capaldi and his, uh, his <laughs> community watch. <laughs> just I just love that character because everybody hates him. And he's he's always trying to protect the community, and nobody wants that. Yeah. And uh, what's his face as the uh, the shopkeep when he says "rolling shoes"? Just because uh, I love the way he says that "rolling shoes." Oh yeah, the guy who owns the uh, the yeah, shop with the Mr. book in it, Mr. Gruber. But overall, I think I think the movie does a really good job of like capturing that casual uh, London atmosphere. Like it 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 doesn't give you any big London landmarks or anything crazy like that. And it does a great job of making you feel like you're there. Uh, I, I would agree with Mario though. I'll, uh, I'll 10 out of 10. Got a bunch Chris of Hawk? Nick Kenokis in here. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. Paddington two is a triumph. It is easily, I wouldn't say it's when saying it's better. It's the first one is fantastic. This one is more fantastic. Um, you just can't but help but love the message that the little bear is trying to hand out. And he's just so charming. 
there's something charming about Paddington. And I really do like my favorite thing about them. I've never read a Paddington book in my entire life. So the fact that no one in London questions the fact that there's a talking bear is like my favorite thing about the movie. I love it. It's like um, Muppets. No one ever questions the fact that they're Muppets or like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, those things, those movies, they never mention, you know, oh, it's a tune talking to me or it's, you know, it's a Muppet talking to me. It's it's just established in the universe. And that's just that's my favorite thing. No one no one flips out because it's small bear cub right in front of you. I love it. It's other than that. I think this this movie is beautiful. The colors of this movie. There's there's something to be said about how beautiful this movie is. It's very well shot. There's some great homages to other directors in this movie, like off the top of my head, like Wes Anderson and the Grand Budapest Hotel. There's some shots that are stylized. It's very similar, like with the prison scenes and the uh, hotel scenes and the jail scenes. All those mesh very well together. I like like the fact that he broke out of prison. That was I didn't think he would because he's, he's Paddington, but he did. It was it was overall this movie deserves to be in the pantheon of kids movies, of kids and family movies. This is easily this is easily one of the best kids movies out there. It it deserves to be up there with Toy Story and you know The Lion King. It deserves to be up there with the Greats because it's it's so charming. There's nothing. There's nothing I could see that's a flaw in this movie that I that would turn me off or turn me away. It's just it's I wouldn't say a perfect movie, but it it's damn near close. It it could possibly be a perfect movie. No, uh, it's it's um it's just so delightful to be in a movie where you just can't resist smiling during the whole film. You know, it, it's the first one I saw with my girlfriend Kenya. We saw it together. Uh, right around when we first started dating, I think. And we had the whole movie to ourselves. And the second one, uh, it's funny because we went to see it at Cinema Cafe and we had the whole movie to ourselves again. Uh, So that was kind of uh, cool. But at the end, when he brings his aunt, like when when she's there, I was like, the whole time I'm sitting there like, she's there. Is she's at the door? Is she at the door? Oh my God, I'm going to freak out. Best movie ever made. And, you know, she was at the door. I stood up and I just... Ran up and down the aisle. I was like, "Oh my god!" I started tearing up when that happened. I was. It literally made me laugh and bring tears to my eyes. You know, part. Yeah, I don't think it can help that. I was gonna say the part that teared me up the the most, which is kind of funny, is the the guy who was kind of picking on him in the in the prison. The the bigger oh, guy with the beard. The big guy. When he said, uh, "Go get him, little bear," I I legit. <laughs> I legit started tearing up, okay? I think one of my favorite parts about this movie was I was in the theater by myself and there was a couple to my like sitting in the same row as me and it was a mom, it looked like a mom and a older lady which I only can assume would be her mom and they were watching it together and the older lady she was having a ball with this movie. She was having a pure delight. Um I think she laughed louder than me at some parts. And it was it, she had her a talk last pretty loud. Yeah, she had a like a pure smile on her face. Like the the when the movie would you know make you go ooh, we ooed. When the may, movie made you go sad, you'd say ah. Like legitimate, you know, voice cues this movie had, and we 
we just dealt right into them. Did you guys know this movie has 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's gonna stay yeah. that. It's got way. like 200 Forever. views or something. That's fantastic. Like that, it's being appreciated for it. You know, going back to Chris Hawk talking about it being a kids movie, I think it's really surprising that it doesn't really feel like a kids movie in my like it does have that kid movie feel but it it, all, it just feels like a true family movie that you know parents can enjoy they take their kids to they're not gonna pull their hair out i i feel the same way i i don't view it as a kids movie i view it as a family movie to be honest yeah 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 it's it's just so heart heartfelt and it it's uh like i said i love everything good the the good spirit uh it's just so good spirited i i love that aspect of the movie and honestly, it has one of the best slogans that we all should just be following is if we're kind and polite, the world would be right. That's that's a great mantra that we should be using. I mean, you see what we see. What, see what Pattison does. He he encourages and he Paddington? endorses. What I, I say? Padding Pattinson or something? Padding, yeah, it was something you said Pattison. <laughs> Pattison. Well, well, you see what Paddington does. He encourages and he endorses the good and the best of everyone. And it just it like tenfold goes throughout everyone and you know that's probably what would happen if you know we all did that everyone you know what's funny is uh people i work with they ask me if i because they know i do the podcast they ask me oh mario what movies did you see recently and i was like i saw paddington 2 uh most recently and they're like oh okay (laughs) like you know they look at me weird or something or you know when i say i really liked it they i was like this movie is amazing it's it's like the perfect sequel you know and and, you, and i told him too uh, i told one guy cuz he's like a big movie buff he acts like he knows everything i was like this is better than godfather 2 <laughs> you know you know what's funny about that is uh i was just browsing rotten tomato reviews and uh this is from joe uh, morgenstern of the wall street journal paddington 2 is the godfather part 2 of peruvian bear movies <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you why he's wrong because the whole movie of godfather 2 is a prequel this is not a prequel and it is a better sequel this you know, might be a better of, sequel than empire strikes back and i love you know, star wars all of godfather part 2 is not a prequel it's about half the other parts michael's story you know this you know yeah, this yeah but they they do flash back to his dad's uh story well, and because, uprising i feel like it's don more of his Corleone, dad's story more don of his Corleone's legacy it's a very important part of the movie very important <laughs> Chris, you're going to mix accents. It always happens. <laughs> yeah, let's hear that British uh, accent. Chris yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I can't do it right now. Um, there's just there's something to be said about how good this movie is. It's, I mean, you're going to see it on our top 10. You're going to see it. And, and honestly, now. If, if you want to make fun of it or you think it's a kid's movie that makes you distract you from not seeing it, this we're gushing over this movie and John, you know, loves the animated movies and stuff like that. And Chris Hawk, John only loves animated movies, Mario. <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't Coco number one, John? John. <laughs> Go check out our final countdown of 2017 to find out why John didn't make Coco number one. Go see it. That's all I'm, I'm saying is let you know what I'm trying to say. This movie exudes love and if you love movies, you know, if you love spending time with others watching movies, you know, if that's a thing you guys like to do, this is a movie that will that will just tenfold come back at you. This you gain something from watching this movie. You gain a heart, you gain you gain emotion, you 
You gain adventure. Your discovery. I'm gonna set the record straight. You don't gain a heart. You find it. You already have a heart. You'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think we can stress it enough. Then the movie is fantastic. Yeah, and you definitely need to see it. So, uh, um, you guys, my Rubicon. You guys have anything else? I gotta do my Rubicon. Oh, oh yeah, you have a Rubicon. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I've already mentioned some, but I I really dig when um, characters don't mention um, characterized beings. Like uh, talking bears, talking cats, animated objects. You know, Hugh Frame, Roger Rabbit, Muppets, Stuart Little, Garfield. I dig it all. I love. I love it when they're part of the universe, and it's not strange that they exist. Uh, for movies that aren't typically just for kids, but it's it's a family movie. I really thought of The Incredibles because it it really is like a kids movie, but. It's also a family movie, and it's also an adult movie. If you watch it very closely, there's some very mature themes or maturer themes in Incredibles. And it's, and then you have the Goonies because of the adventure aspect of Paddington because he does get into these crazy adventures, and there's like a group with him all the time, and it's very unique. It's extraordinary, and it's... It's defi- it's death defying because you know there is danger involved, and those are my similarity Rubicons for this movie. I could go on forever, you know. I would just be, but I would just be comparing it to every single family movie and how good it is. This deserves to be in the pantheon of all the greatest movies. So to recap, I, I heard the Goonies and the Incredibles. Are you throwing anything else in there? Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? All right, Roger Rabbit. What? And uh, Mario and I gave uh, the movie ten out of tens. Mario, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we go into the uh, the usual stuff? Ah, uh, no. I think I think we pretty much. <laughs> if you can't tell, we like this movie right now. Um maybe rewind about 20 minutes listen to it again then realize you should have seen the movie already yeah. <laughs> that's what i was trying to say i was trying the to biggest. say if if you think it you're not going to like it because it's a kid's movie or it's dumb or goofy go see the movie anyway because it's it's really good and good spirited yeah if you love movies this is a movie that's what i was trying to say for right? you yeah like, if you love movies man this is this is one of those movies that you need to see I, I definitely agree, Mara. You wanna you wanna tell them where they can find us as we uh, wrap this up. These this three movie extravaganza. <laughs> as we as we wrap up this three movie extravaganza, uh, triple mania, as the uh, Mexicans say, for triple triple A uh, wrestling, lucha libre. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs. You can go to our website, the loneliest website on the internet, which is cinema seven podcastcom or you can look us up on social media, which is uh, Twitter or Cinema Seven underscore Podcast. You can look us up on Instagram, same thing, Cinema Seven underscore Podcast. If you type in uh, the word cinema and then uh, space the number seven, we might be one of the first things that pop up. But if you need to know how we spell it, it's uh, the number seven E V E N. That's how we spell seven. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Cinema Seven. So look us up on there. Uh, 
recently we've had a lot more interaction on instagram but you know uh facebook we'd love to have you comment and express your thoughts and opinions on things uh same with twitter uh so definitely uh look us up and join our join the community and join the conversation with uh with us we'd we'd really appreciate that uh look us up on patreon you can help support us if you really like this episode if you really like our other episodes if you've been listening to us if you subscribed which means you've had every cinema 7 episode downloaded to you uh patreon is a way to support uh creators uh people who create content not just uh cosplayers who like to uh, or people who take nude pictures or youtube <laughs> That's what they do. They do that. They go on Patreon. If that's what we got to do. <laughs> if that's what we got to do. We'll do it for you, the fans. Do it for the fans. Do it for the fans. Uh, I'm looking to put some of our stuff on YouTube soon. Uh, creating like trailers for our episodes to put on YouTube. Uh, we talked about it today. We, we were thinking about maybe doing an audio drama <laughs> with all of our friends and stuff. That should be fun. Uh, John, is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I don't think so. I think you you summed it up, Chris Hawk. You got any final thoughts? If not, you wanna you wanna send it away if, if you're good, Mark. Oh, there is something I wanted to mention though. Uh, maybe John, you can tell us about Audible. You can always go to audibletrial.com/c7pod and sign up for a free trial. Get thirty days free, two audiobooks for free, and uh, support the podcast. Support Audible. They're a great site. Mario uses them. He loves uh, all his books. Oh, I do. He, I- has. I just listened to the worst best audio drama. It's called Monster 1983. There's a twist at the end. Uh, it's a pretty telling us there's a twist ruins the twist. <laughs> Sometimes that's a selling point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of bad, but it's kind of cool. Uh, the thing I was going to mention though before we before Chris Hawk signed off, because he mentioned Incredibles earlier, uh, Black Lightning actually has an Incredibles uh, feel to it. In my family, family aspect. Yeah, and uh, I think they're teasing that they all have powers. Oh, well, Chris Hawk is sold. Chris Hawk, take us away. So, if you haven't seen Paddington Two, go see Paddington Two. But also, we want to thank you all for watching with us. We want to thank you all for listening with us, and we want to thank you all for exploring with us. We are Cinema Seven, and don't forget to rate and review us and give it give us those five stars with a review on apple podcasts 